2: We're back once again with, you know, I was telling him before we hopped on off air, and I might as well repeat it for the listeners. March Madness was always my favorite sporting event, but that also means we get to hang out with our boy stand-up comic, basketball, college basketball, March Madness expert, and TV show, film, aficionado, an expert in theirs. He's an expert in everything, an expert in in his dogs as well. Those are doing well. He'll be back touring this summer, it sounds like, on the mic. We got Mark Ellis joining the boys for another awesome March Madness preview. Mark, how you doing, brother?
0: Yeah, I mean, I'm I'm pretty great at everything. You covered all the bases. You know, there's (laughs) nothing that is my weak link. My Achilles heel is literally nothing. There's nothing stopping me from being great at everything. And I love March Madness like you do, particularly this year, because it means I get to answer a bunch of questions about college basketball and not field any questions about Carson Wentz as my starting quarterback next year.
2: Oh yeah, dude. I yeah. Yeah. You know yeah. what? I've, that is your weakness. We found like, like just like that. We're like a minute and a half in and we found your weakness that you're it's commanders. commanders. <laughs> dude, that's such
0: BS. Well, first, I mean, how do you feel oh, about
3: the name? We got to ask you how, as a fan, cause I haven't, Talk to many fans about it, but how do you feel about the name?
0: Fine with the name. And and it seems like I'm in the minority, at least if, if, if you go to Twitter for your source, which, which you never should. Um, I am thrilled with the name because, again, I have lived with the, the Washington firm for, forever. And so the Washington football team, I was fine with, but they made such a big deal out of the, hey, we're rebranding and we're unveiling it on February yeah. 2nd that you couldn't just, you know, subterfuge our expectations and say, ah, we're staying with the Washington football team. Yeah. It had to be something. Um, you know, I, I didn't get emotionally invested in what it was going to be beforehand. I was just happy it was something. So, commanders, I'm totally fine with the quarterback situation. Look, um, I can talk myself into Carson Wentz because I'm just an eternal optimist, but it has not been easy. We're boys. I'm not going like- to let you
2: do it. I'm not letting you do it. We're boys. We're friends. It's not going to happen. Look. I'm not going to let you do it.
0: I will say this. I think by week four. By the way, we signed a guy who's unvaccinated and our coach is immunocompromised. Do we talk to anybody about this signing? We're paying him twenty-eight million dollars. I think either by some sort of COVID rule, or injury, or effectiveness. I think Taylor Heineke. My prediction is Taylor Heineke starts week four.
2: Wow, toss. I say is the same thing. Heineke's Stan. He thinks he's better than mm-hmm. once to begin with. We both. Do. Yeah,
1: I think you know. There's those quarterbacks that are kind of the fringe guys, right? Like, should they be starting on an NFL team? Or at least that's what the media, the question that they're asking continuously. I think, yeah, Nick and myself believe that Taylor Heineke is a starting quarterback in the NFL. Now, there, there are maybe more than 32 starting quarterbacks in the NFL, <laughs> but I, we, we got to meet him at Radio Row. He was a really nice guy. Um, oh, good. Yeah, he, yeah he, sweet. he was super sweet. He was a cool dude. And I think, like, he can... He's gonna win over that locker room though.
0: He's gonna he already have has. wave.
1: Yeah. Exactly. And, and,
0: and we, I mean, we, we all know you talk about Achilles heel. Carson Wentz has two Achilles heel, and they're both are winning over the locker room because mm-hmm. he's never really been able to do that. I think no. that with him and, and his effectiveness on the field, he can make a lot of plays. The, the the Colts had had a lot of good moments and they had some really hilarious bad moments last year, particularly towards the end. But I think the, the, the scary thing for me is that if Carson Wentz couldn't work with Frank Reich, who is like the quarterback guru from his past, then I fail to see how that's going to work with Scott Turner. Maybe it does. I hope it does. Wentz does have a rocket for an arm still, but um, I don't know where that rocket's aimed. <laughs> so did. Yeah. So did Jake
2: <laughs> Jay chicken. Cutler had one too, and he'd <laughs> I mean, rather be drinking beers and smoking cigs
0: on the sideline. Yeah.
2: Look, don't get it twisted. I would totally rip a cig with Jay Cutler no matter the time of the day, no matter the place indoors, outdoors, oh, yeah. 100%. But what I want him as my starting quarterback, no chance. And you can't like no offense to any of our listeners who are part of this collective but your quarterback has to have a soul and Carson Wentz Andy Dalton. Don't have all souls. All right. All right. All right. Oh, all wow. <laughs> what? <laughs> Y'all, everyone knows it's true, dude. Uh, but college basketball is, is upon us. Your demon deacons close, but no cigar. We're getting back to a place where they should be in the tournament again. Sometime soon. They played great basketball on the ACC. Sorry about that, but gut check reaction. Who's your final four? We'll start there. Your gut check reaction, Mark. Your final four.
0: So my final four, because as you said, I, I, I legally cannot have the the Wake Forest Demon Deacons in there because they they didn't they uh, look they were close a week ago. I was going to say yeah, we totally got this, and then the ACC tournament played out like it did. We still had the Player of the Year in Alondis Williams. We still had the Coach of the Year in Steve Forbes. The future is very bright for Wake Forest, and it's the first time in a long time that I can say that. As for my final four, there's a couple teams that I'm. that that I don't really trust. I, I kind of want to put Kansas in there, but I have a feeling that I just have a feeling about Auburn and or Wisconsin. So I'm going to leave that blank for now. They are going to be facing Arizona. Although I thought Arizona might struggle against like a Texas tech. I think Arizona is going to be in there. I think Gonzaga definitely is going to be in the final four. And then as far as that, that, that final bracket, that one, and right now I'll say Kentucky, but I, I reserve the right to change my mind by the end of the podcast. As you boys know, you're great at convincing me to maybe move something out and put something else in. Last year, at least one of y'all was standing for Baylor hard, and that ended up going pretty well.
2: I think it was T. Dot DeSopolis that had a, it was a Baylor stand from the jump, and it's still a Baylor stand to begin with, but... La- Here's what we did. A- we did our first national radio show. Shout out to us uh, today. And-
0: <laughs> right. <laughs> and wow, then- you guys remembered me now that you're big time. That- that I know, so right? Much. Dude, did we they- were already big
2: time. What are you talking yeah, about? Yeah, exactly. The, uh, we, I filled out my bracket. Toss goes, I haven't filled it out yet, but I already know who's going to win just based off how I've looked at things. He said Kentucky, and I flipped my computer to him, and I had filled out Kentucky as well. I think map. wow, I, we both thought Kentucky gut check was going to win the whole thing. I think Baylor, I, I would not be shocked if any of these number ones lost in round two. I think Memphis has a good chance to give Gonzaga a run. I think TCU based off what we said, I mean, Mark, you know, we're Texas guys based off what we saw TCU do to us in the second half. Not only can they get the stops they need, but they can also run up a score a little bit on us. Who's a great defensive team. We do not do a lot of things well. We have a weak floor general. We don't have any bigs. We can't shoot at all, but we're great defensively. And they put up 40 points against us in the second half. So a team that likes to run and move the ball like Arizona, I think there's a Mm -hmm. chance that if TCU gets out of the first round, they could give them some tough, some tough looks, and they could put up some points and keep up with them. I think though, Kansas and Baylor that draw against Creighton who can shoot. And I think Kansas is good, but Creighton can shoot and that's tough. And I think the size of UNC, especially with the injuries that Baylor has, makes it difficult for them. I think one of those four teams is going to lose in round two.
3: Yeah, I I can't argue that at all. And I'll just nip this in the bud really quickly. I think that Texas is going to get bounced round one. Yeah, Uh, I think we're all kind of in agreement there. I'm with with you. They they just won the ACC. Uh, They're hot right now. And they are going to dominate Texas, I feel like. So let's just nip that one in the bud. But... That side of the bracket, I feel like, is the most wide open mark. I agree with you there. There's just a lot of parity throughout those teams. I mean, UCLA is good, good, North Carolina is good. I mean, of course, Baylor, Purdue is, you know, they're, they're hit or miss. They have got games where they blow people out and then they got games where you scratch your head. So um, it could be anyone's in that side of the bracket, I think. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah. I, I think that a lot of people, one of the fantasy or one of the one of the darlings, one of the, the tournament darlings is San Francisco early. As a ten seed, but I'm not buying that. I'm not buying the hype because I think Kentucky's personnel. Sheebway is a player of the year candidate. I mean, can't forget that. And I think that 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 side of the bracket, Purdue, like Nick just said, like they're a shaky three seed. They've got two bigs in in uh, Edie they're,
2: and Williams. got the biggest of bigs.
1: <laughs> yeah, Edie's huge. I mean, that guy's like seven four.
2: It's literally like but, Mark guy put Mark on my shoulders and we went to go play basketball. <laughs> That's what that is. What is
1: it in kicking, in kicking and screaming when they? Yeah, their-
2: Beyonce Sun and, and Ambrose, dude. Let's go! Wow, yeah. Mark. Do you think that I know you're sorry, you, But do you is kicking and screaming overrated or underrated? Because you're a huge sports movie guy.
0: I mean, it's it's arguably the best performance by Mike Ditka on the big screen. So it's it's got that going for it for sure. I I, I remember watching it on an airplane and be like, this is nice. This is good because it's not full on like Step Brothers, Will Ferrell. And I, Step Brothers might be the funniest movie since the 2000s for me. But I, I did like seeing Will Ferrell branch out a little bit with Kicking and Screaming. So not only do I think that movie should be fresh in the tomato meter, if it's not. Um, I also think that as of right now, as of this moment, I think Virginia Tech is super fresh on the tomato meter, but sometimes we do see teams go on these runs to win their conference tournament, and then they're just still out of gas three or four days later when they have to suit up. And so I'm with you. Uh, I think that, uh, with, like Nick, I think that Virginia Tech could easily take down Texas, but it does make me a little nervous just the amount of play that they've done and that emotional roller coaster that they went on.
3: Mm-hmm. If you're a Texas fan, like if you make it past round one, then I feel like you can breathe a little bit because we haven't mm-hmm. done that in a long time just because this, this side is just so wide open, right? Like you get past Virginia tech, then, you know, maybe you can get past round two and get to the sweet 16, but I, I just feel like this, this is a touch a such a tall task for us.
2: Yeah. I mean, honestly, I've gotten to the point of a Texas basketball fan that if someone's like, yeah, you're going to live to 85 or you can live to 80, but y'all will make the final four this year. Like <laughs> I, I will knock those five years off. I don't know my grandkids yet. Like they could suck. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, so you're I, right. Right? Isn't that a, like an interesting concept? Like, we, like, what do I have to live? At 85, we're toast small. You know, we, we might be in space. Like, I don't want to live in a world <laughs> governed by Elon Musk.
0: Yeah, th- those last five years might not be the bracket that you knew and loved anyway. And, <laughs> exactly. and I've met your grandkids. N- not a fan personally. You've been to the but... year 3000. <laughs> not much has changed where we live underwater.
2: <laughs> that was their best song. Uh, what about some upsets you have throughout the first round? Maybe, Mark, I know toss throughout San Francisco, which was a great one. Um, anything else yeah, you got in there?
0: I am actually going to have words with you now, young man, because I think Boise State could take down Memphis. I'm Memphis is you. playing great right now. But they really, I mean, Boise State is, it plays so well together as a team and they do all the little things right. And so I think Boise State, and again, I, I don't think that that's going to matter because I, I don't think Memphis or Boise State is going to be able to topple Gonzaga. But I think that's just one, that's the first one that jumps out to me where we could see a little bit of an upset there.
3: Yeah, hey, I agree with you there. I think they played good ball all year and they just get a knock because they play in the Mountain West. But the Mountain West has been putting out some good teams. I mean, there's a few teams and there's, I think, four Mountain West teams inside this bracket.
0: Yeah. I think I also think Yale and Purdue is just it's just it's just something to keep your eye on because I think Purdue right. is I, it, Purdue could end up beating Kentucky for all I know, but but I also think that Yale is going to give them a a challenge. And the other one, i I, I don't want to do the classic five twelve, but whoever comes out of the Wyoming Indiana matchup, particularly if it's Indiana, but if Wyoming shows they're good enough to beat Indiana, I think that St. Mary's could be in some danger there at the at the five seed number. I'm so ready to cut them. It's nice. <laughs> I, I I am. I actually
2: have three 11s winning.
0: Okay, I, th- I think including I, UT. No,
2: no, no, no. We're a six. I have Vatek beating us. I'm not drinking. Oh, the okay. There you yeah. go. I have Vatek yeah. beating us. I have Iowa State beating LSU and then beating Wisconsin. I love. Look, bro. I think Big 12 plays some tough defense. Brockington. You, if you have a stud, you're going to be in the game. And for him to go 17 points per game in a tough Big 12 defensive conference, I think when he gets to the more like high-scoring, running-gun Big 10, I think he can really put up some points against Wisconsin. Uh, so I like that upset there. Uh, I think I have Bama going kind of deep, so I don't have them getting cut per se. And I think this – You have Michigan with, winning. Yeah, with all the negative narrative on Michigan, I'm flipping the coin and saying that they get a win, even though I hate <laughs> no, I- them.
3: I think that I think that people are way too high in Michigan because it's Michigan. Yeah, for I sure. Think that they're not gonna win this one. I actually have if Rutgers gets in, I think Rutgers beats Bama. Wow. I think, I think, Rutgers, is, I I think, think it's Rutgers the first time in a long a time that they've been good.
0: Dangerous team. I, I think that they, they play hard, they play tough. Um, they're not afraid to get physical. I like Rutgers a lot. I, I think my my scalding hot take is gonna be twofold because you're talking about Carolina. I'm an ACC guy. I cannot find it in my soul to root for either Carolina or Duke ever. Even when I need them to win to possibly get wakened into the tournament, I can't root for them. I think Marquette has a great shot at knocking off Carolina, but I'll also say this. Whoever wins that Marquette-Carolina game, that's a very dangerous 8-9 game for Baylor to inherit because yeah. I think Baylor is susceptible to either one of those squads. Well,
3: Baylor is susceptible to Shaka Smart too because Shaka Smart's played them for quite a while. And, uh, you know, great Marquette point. might have an opportunity to knock them off, but yeah, I think North Carolina <laughs> is great. Um, you know, both of them can fit. I don't even know if they're going to make a pass round to Baylor. I uh, think,
1: I think just, just our luck in, in the, R Shaka, there. Makes Retro- it. Shaka and Rick Barnes from Tennessee both make like the elite eight or something <laughs> like that, which I, Tennessee is one of my, I, I know they just won the SEC yeah. tournament. So I don't think that that's a, it's not a scorcher of a take, but I think that that team is well-equipped to beat Villanova. Who's the two seed. On their side of the bracket, they've got two very good guards, and Gillespie is is Villanova's best player. So if you can shut him down, you got a good chance. And then really, you're just looking at Arizona on the, on the top of that bracket. I think Tennessee has a really good shot this year of getting all the way to the Final Four. I think I feel, it,
3: I feel like Gillespie is the guy that uh, we've probably talked about the most since we've known you, Mark. Since uh, he's been at the program for so long.
0: <laughs> Well, Shaka smart. And then I also go way back with him because I'm from Virginia and, and you know, he just completely put VCU on the map that year. And and I, I think that he just he's just one of those guys. I know it didn't work out the way that everybody thought it would at Texas, but he did get Rick Barnes out of your hair. And, and by that point, you all were done with Rick Barnes. So yeah. that's you know. true.
2: I don't mind that. But here's what I will say. If he beats North Carolina and then beats Baylor to go to the Sweet 16 and we lose in round one, that parlay right there, I will literally go to the gym I belong to and drop a 40 pound kettlebell on my foot in public. I <laughs> will be so I'm going on record segment. That. That's how upset and, I will and be. And we'll film that, right? Can one of us do it? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Be, come on. Yeah, yeah you you, do You it. can't know that it's coming. It's gonna make it
1: it's gonna make it hurt way less if, if you drop it on yourself. So like Mark has to do it. That's well, fine. No,
0: what we do is that you go to the gym and we make you look straight up and all three of us are holding a kettlebell and we say three, two, one, then we don't drop it. And we just keep making you wait and sweat a little bit. And then all of a sudden we, I, th- I think we, maybe we each get a turn dropping it on your foot. Cause yeah. that's a pretty crazy parlay to happen.
2: Yeah, no, I, again, I, for sure. We can it's each, the wrote- don't,
1: it's the don't look up kettlebell parlay <laughs> of the tournament. <laughs>
2: That's what I'm coining it. The <laughs> don't look up kettlebell Parlay. I love that. Um, the, the thing is, is like Nick, I I I have Bama in my eight, I think as I'm gonna change it throughout the week. The way I woke up today, I have Bama. Eight, but if Ron Harper Jr. took Bama out, like I wouldn't be surprised in round one. Like, I don't think that Rutgers pick is a bad pick at all. Uh I, I think that again, like Kansas could go to the final four, but if they get popped by Creighton. I don't think I'd be surprised either. Like there's so many things that I could go down. I think the, to me though, I really do think the biggest shock would be Gonzaga and or Kentucky not making the final four. If one of those, if neither of those teams made the final four, I think I'd be pretty surprised.
1: So you're not buying the Duke coach K last ride that narrative.
2: They're young, dude. Like that's that good. I think they're, I think they're the, the, from a talent standpoint. Like we talk about this all the time. They have four first round picks. They have a top three pick. They have a top 10 pick in AJ Griffin. I think Moore Jr. is fantastic. And he's a guy that's like kind of like not similar style of play, but similar like, like Maxie, who was really good in college. And for some reason, everyone's like, all right, we're just going to you know, slip on him and pass him. I think Moore Jr. is one of those guys. I don't like Keels as much as you do, but I think he's kind of turned it off since the beginning of the season. I think Williams, look, they're really good. They're just super young. And I think that Michigan State, Michigan State team's been around the block. That's trouble. And I think everywhere that, that Duke team turned, like we, we, we watch tech up close and personal tech tech plays like the really, a really good brand about they're good at shooting the three. They play great defense. They have veteran players, guys that have, you know, participated in the tournament before. And I, I think they could easily pop that Duke team. I don't think. I think Bama's good too. They have great yeah, guard play. I think it's
1: I think it's more so that region. The West region is just stacked, like you said. There's Michigan State. You, we've got we all like Tech. Alabama's there. We were just talking about Rutgers. Arkansas, JT Note, like that's a really sneaky four seed. Yukon's, they're good at the five, and then we were just talking about Memphis and Boise State, not to mention Gonzaga, the number one team in the tournament. So mm-hmm. I think if, that- if
0: UConn survives that that five twelve game, I think UConn could go on a run too. I I, I don't have a lot of faith in Duke, um, just because watching them play. For the they've looked, I know that they're young. They've looked tired for the last two weeks, and I think a lot of that Coach K coverage just—it's natural. The, the guy is arguably the greatest coach in in basketball history, much less college basketball history. And I think that that does, does get, get exhausting. So, can they marshal their forces and actually look energetic and spry for the first time in almost a month to go on a run? Sure. The, the only matchup I really want to see, though, would be. I would love to watch Coach K and Tom Izzo go against each other one last time just because they've been such staples of this tournament for so long. That'd be a fun matchup. I think they
3: they will. I I also think, though, that Duke just they can't get back in the games when they when they fall too far back. They just they can't shoot their way Mm -hmm. back in. And they tried so hard against Virginia Tech and didn't happen. And it's happened a couple of times this season. Which when is weird, Greg though.
1: Popovich, when Greg Popovich listens to this podcast, he's going to punch a wall. Mark, he's pissed at you because you just said hey. he's not the greatest basketball coach ever.
0: I'm a Spurs fan. Uh, I said arguably. I said on the, arguably. Week, on the week
1: that he breaks the record too. Wow. Yeah. Num-
0: no, I I would probably put uh, Pop. At, I mean, I don't know. It's what Of course, a it, lot is, of
1: people throw in there too.
0: The the argument I would make if it's just between Pop and Coach K is is that pop had tim duncan as like another coach on the floor for so long and that coach k had to do so much turnover and and he was able to embrace that sort of one and done recently but um you know uh, pop and i pop and i are good you're you're not going to cause a rift you're not going to cause a schism in this relationship
2: what about what about the doka when can we like start saying that he's like the guy you know Quick, Not quick. ready to make that proclamation just yet. <laughs> Maybe forget that I wanted him fired two months into the season, and now I'm singing his praises. I mean, I changed my mind like a girl changed. He literally threw that in my face. Um, it but happens. Yeah, it does happen to the best of us. Uh, what are some of your favorite storylines? Because uh, uh, Coach K aside, uh, anything in there that you're seeing that y- you think's a little ju? I mean, Sister Jean's back. Anything real quickly.
3: I just want to throw out a couple of upsets uh, because I have a couple of crazy ones. One is South Dakota state. I think they've looked really good all year. Um, and I'm just not convinced with Providence. They don't, you know, they don't play a ton of crazy matchups and their, their BPI rank is even not even that high, honestly. And they're a four seed. Um, and then this is a wild one, but UAB, um, they score really well and, uh, I just think the competition that Houston plays all year like doesn't really stack up so they've got a pretty high ranking in uh, the BPI as well that I don't think is warranted but those are two pretty wild upsets that I threw in my bracket wow I'm balking at that Houston one I think Houston's
2: legit they play great defense and I think Samson is the most underrated coach in college basketball yeah, yeah the
1: Blazers though the, the Blazers the
2: are dragons like come on come on <laughs> What's Roddy white stepping out on the, on, on the court? Like, what are we doing here? He's he, is he like, a, he's a UAB. Great. Right. Roddy is white. He the
1: only, he's the only, yeah.
2: Yeah. He's the one and only. Um, but no, I, I actually don't hate the Providence one, Nick. That's a, that's a, that's a good one. I'm glad you threw that out. Uh, storylines though. What are some you like, Mark? We know you're a story guy.
0: Always fun to see. Uh, like you said, uh, Sister Mary Jean at the uh, the Loyola games. Um, I I also have enjoyed the run that Indiana's been on for whatever reason. I, I don't know if it ends in round one, but that's gonna be that, that's gonna be a very interesting matchup as far as storylines themselves go. Uh, I always like seeing coaches who like, like the I like seeing the assistant go against the the master so to speak I'm a big Star Wars fan so I like the Sith apprentice versus master so you could mm-hmm. have that in uh with, with Mark Few if he ends up going up against Boise State but um I, I think the the overall storyline for me is going to be as we get deeper and deeper into this tournament what are the announcer matchup pairings if you do not give me Bill Raftery with I want Braftery to do a tour of the world, is what I want. I want Raftery to be like the third guy on literally every broadcast team in this tournament because Raftery is like he's the best third wheel of all time when it comes to announcing. He's better than Deerdorf, he's better than Dennis Miller, he's better than anybody who ever lived at better than Dandy Don Meredith at being the third wheel. Give me more wrath. And wow. we're adamant about this.
3: Yeah. We'll tweet I love Raf, man. Yeah, that's it. What about a- what about Bill Walton? Are we getting any Bill Walton at all? No, we need him.
0: I, I, I'm, I'm, I'm over. Like I, I love Bill Walton, even when he's encouraging the nation to take mushrooms on a national broadcast. Um, but I think Walton's like a solid two guy too, though. So yeah. I, I don't necessarily think you need. You definitely don't want Walton as your three, because then your one and your two aren't going to get to talk at all.
2: We don't talk about Bill Walton and mushrooms in this podcast anymore. <laughs> and that's a sad. It's my only it's i'm not i don't regret anything we inter- we had bill walton on the podcast before we had you on the show
0: did you really think,
2: it's pretty early yeah, on yeah earlier yeah. on and we it was back when we were taking it super super seriously too now we're like obviously we've grown into ourselves and are having fun but we wanted to like we made the mistake of wanting to have an unbelievably serious interview with bill walton so before, right before we were about to take mushrooms to interview him and we bailed and to this day it's The only thing I regret is long. (laughs) So we're like, so now that we're on SoCal ESPN radio in San Diego, his home, his home city, we're going to try it for
3: for in fairness, though. I feel like we were going through a mushroom simulator or something just by the way he was talking. So it it all kind of evened out.
0: Yeah, he kind of alters your state of mind and mood just by the way he speaks. And it usually does put me at a much better disposition. So look now, uh, now hearing all of these celebrities you've actually had on the show. I I'm, I'm just sorry. I'm dragging you all down. I mean, you're getting Taylor Heineke. You're getting Bill Walton. You're getting, you're probably going to have Popovich on next week. I'm just sorry that I'm the anchor that is weighing down this great show. go. You're gearing up to be our timber, to be our Steve Martin. You're going to be one of the,
2: <laughs> you're a guy that's on the most, dude. You're you're we, we, we like having at this point, you could attest to this. You grow your platform, and you grow your situation so you could have people you like on so you don't have not that we don't like any of these people, we've all had great times, but so we could have people we
0: want on. you know what I'm saying? That's the I mean, that's, that warms my heart and 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 you also you grow your following so that you can have people on who you know have a reliable tech setup because there's nothing worse than true. having a, a, any guest on where they're just not they're not talking to the mic or they don't have one. So this is why I'm here, a tradition unlike any other. Your your setup's
2: great. We had a we had a. I'm not gonna disparage. He's a great guy. I won't say his name. We had a guest though recently who had a microphone on him, but had it like over in Antarctica. And I was like, just a little closer. This is the one. (laughs) The one in person, right? Is in person. Yeah. Yeah. You know. You know who we're talking about. A great guy though. Um, speaking of great guys, is uh, Doctor Buss, like a good dude in Winning Time? I've seen episode one. Nick's seen episode one. Mark, I'm sure you're caught up with winning time. Uh, Nick, I won't speak for you. (laughs) Bill Walton, I don't speak for them. I speak about them. That's a direct quote from him, which is honestly a really sweet thing that I've taken on in my life. Um, But me personally, I loved episode one. I thought it was so awesome. I think John C. Riley is... An un, speaking of stepbrothers, I think John C. Riley for me is one of the most underrated talents in the game and just an absolute stud. No offense to Will Ferrell, who is a genius. Couldn't be funnier if he tried. And I know there was a riff with him and McKay of him wanting to be bus, but Riley's got it in spades. He's cool. Like he's funny. He's, but he's like, it's like, you never see John C. Riley have swagger. And as bus, He's got that. And he did an excellent job carrying uh, episode one. Nick, I'll let you say your piece of what you didn't like about it per se. There was, there was an aspect that you didn't like that I thought was interesting. So I looked at it through that one and I didn't mind that.
3: I, I liked it. I liked the show. I just think at the beginning, like the McKay style of doing just like that side breaking of the third wall so often just kind of gets old, right? Where it's like. I'm going to make a deal with you. I'm not going to make a deal with him, you know, where they like turn the camera every time, every five seconds. And like, it just, they were doing it over and over and over. And, over and over. I was like, just, can we just go back to the story, please? Cause like, that's what I want to see. But they kind of got away from it towards the middle, like when they started to get more serious, but I, I like the show. I think it's a good show. And I think the characters are well done. The casting is great. Um, Magic's casting, Kareem's casting, uh, Jerry West casting is awesome. So, I mean, I
0: think it's great. Yeah, I I agree with you on the Adam McKay style of it, where we have to do math on screen, and occasionally we're going to break the fourth wall and talk to the audience. Yeah. It was a little jarring at first, and so it actually reminded me of like a Final Four matchup where you can tell everybody's just a little tight for that until that first TV timeout. It just I I hadn't settled into the pace of the show yet, but once I did. I was hooked and was I loved the second episode, which I, which I just got to see as well. And so you get to explore a lot more of Jerry West's character because he's just, if, if you didn't know anything about basketball and you just put on episode one, you're like, Jerry West is the biggest asshole. Uh, besides maybe Jack can't cook, which again, breaking my Washington heart all over again, but in episode two, you get a lot more into Jerry West that he's just so consumed with winning to the point where it's driving him insane. But it's also nice to, like us hardcore sports fans, to realize that's why he was such a kindred spirit with Kobe is because he finally saw himself in in a in a younger player, and it was never going to be Magic, but it was Kobe. Uh, Jason Clark is doing a knockout job of playing Jerry West, but yeah, it having John C. Riley be the guy that drives the ship is so important in this show, but I'm looking forward to exploring some of those other avenues that the show has teased, but we haven't really gotten deep into. And once we I mean, because, you know, where we are right now is that we just know Jerry West ain't going to be the coach anymore. So now we're going to get Paul and then we're going to get Pat. And I am just I'm so salivating over the possibilities for the rest of this season. It's gonna be so awesome. Is it not a limited series? It's it, it's a limited series. Um, I, I don't know what the, what they would do. They probably have their arc figured out through the entire Showtime era. So, I, I I'm I, I don't know if if they anticipated maybe trying to do more than just this this limited run. But, um, when Me the too. show is announced, Could I was very like skeptical 90s? on it. Could they do like the early two thousands with like Kobe and Shaq? Or is it too soon? I I think this is a moment in time. That's what the show feels like anyway. Um, yeah. it. I don't think based on the popularity of it, you would want to go to a different era. It would be very interesting to see Phil and Shaq and Kobe. I don't know who you're going to get to play Shaq. Good luck with that. Um, besides <laughs> him himself, you might just use that <laughs> deaging stuff, but um, just where we are now with me being such a fan of the show from where we were when this show was announced, I was like, there's no way you're going to find somebody that's going to make me believe they're magic Johnson for a second or Kareem Abdul-Jabbar or even Pat Riley, any of these other things we'll see how Adrian Brody does in the role of the coach. But, um, all the casting so far has really, really knocked my socks off in the best way possible.
1: I mean, all I can speak of is when I hear about a show getting Adrian Brody as like a recurring guest star, I'm like, okay, the show's gonna be good. Like six, <laughs> Succession, right?
3: Oh yeah, he was great. Peaky, yeah. Succession,
1: Peaky Blinders, like these moments where you get to pull like an Oscar, Oscar winning actor.
0: Uh, Did he win for the Toss? Piece? Are you in on? Uh, are you in on Predators? Yes. Yeah. He's yes. great in Predators. I mean, yeah. He's great. Is that one of your favorite movies? What's going on? I just I cannot I could not believe I was in the theater and this this guy from the from the pianist is now leading an assault against predators on a new <laughs> planet and I'm buying every second of it. He was awesome. Well, he's a, he's elite. He's yeah. elite.
1: Absolutely. There's nothing better than when an actor's performance not to not to bash predators, but like subverts how good or bad a movie is. Like when their performance is so excellent that like you don't even care if the movie was good or not. You're just like, oh, I love that actor. And and I'll always watch that. There, whatever there was
3: in. one uh, that has an Oscar, not this year, I think. The one with Olivia Colman, right? So I didn't see it, but someone said that movie
0: was dog dookie. And she, but she did great. She's nominated for an Oscar. And she could win. Ask Gwen Close. She, she's a threat to win. Anytime she's nominated, Olivia Colman is just that good.
2: No, yeah, she's one of my favorites. She was. Th- what did she? What did, did she win for? Uh the favorite. the favorite. The favorite. Yeah. Unbelievable. On that movie was great with Luca Changreta in Peaky Blinders, like almost as as good as Tom Hardy's character in Peaky Blinders, which I think maybe Tom Hardy's character in Peaky Blinders is my favorite TV character in the history of TV.
0: Is Peaky Man. Blinders a a bro show? In your opinion, so. have you? I've never it? seen yeah. it. But the, but the people who stump most for it, see, and that reaction indicates that it is a show that me as a dude myself should have been watching. But I have just a bunch of my bro friends always swearing by Peaky Blinders. And I guess I'm just busy on the wee golf course, gentlemen. So I, don't I, I, I think
3: it's a slow burn. I think it's hard to get into right off the bat. Like the first couple of episodes, like you really have to like kind of power through it. But once you get hooked into like the family and like the actual, uh, you know, like syndicate that they kind of grow, like you kind of become a peaky blinder yourself.
1: I think I think from the standpoint of like from a filmmaking standpoint, the slow pace utilization of great score music, slow motion shots of like really, really cool things that are going on is a very broy approach. And I think that like the Batman that just came out like does a lot of that. And I think that's a reason why so many guys, like dudes, like male males are interested in That tv show Peaky Blinders and also the Batman the new new Batman's
0: just like he's if you consider yourself an alpha male which I I don't consider myself a an alpha male I just can be alpha when I need to be when the bat signals up in my life every dude thinks they could pull (laughs) off Batman every dude thinks they're like oh man if I had a billion dollars in dead parents I could pull this off but with Peaky Blinders it peak I will say this about Peaky Blinders it is one of those rare shows That is it's tomato meter and its audience score are tied. They're both at 94%, which is incredibly fresh. So you fellas are watching the right thing. Well,
2: I will say this. I'm not I wouldn't say I'm a I'm definitely very broly, but I would definitely (laughs) say that my taste in like TV shows or films are not like do I will I watch Notting Hill by myself? Maybe once every other month. Would do I love Legally Blonde? Thousand percent. The holiday Did I, done. Did I just crush Mrs. Mazel season four? Like someone had a gun to my head. Yes. <laughs> Fleabag. Unbelievable. Hey, that's great. Fleabag great. Yeah. So I don't think that like my dude meter of shows is like off the charts. So I think I'm an impartial. I think Peaky Blinders performance wise, excitement wise is worth your while, Mark. And as your boy, I don't want to lead you. I would never lead you astray. Cause I know you, I know you care and you've, and you know, you've, you don't have ample time on your hands Matt, that you have to watch. So
0: no, I, I mean, right it- now um, I need to get out of these true crime documentary series that I'm just kind of stuck in right now. I need to find out if this woman fell down the staircase or if she was pushed. And as soon as I'm done with that, I'll go over to Peaky Blinders and then I'll be super prepared for the next time I get the guests on the show. I'll be ready to talk Peaky <laughs> Blinders. Do you love,
2: do you love sports documentaries as much as we do? Do you like, have- Eat them up, or are you like hit or miss on them?
0: Absolutely obsessed. If there's nothing else to watch, I have no problem putting The Last Dance on again. There is a, I believe it's a six, it's a four, or six part documentary series on Paramount Plus that is the Dream Team uh, from 92, which is great. There is Peacock, uh, just had a Joe Montana series dropped at six episodes. That's great. And then you have a magic Johnson one that's coming out at the end of April, I believe. So there's a lot to look forward to. If you're a fan of sports documentaries, this is you are living in the correct day and age. Uh, Did you watch man of the arena? uh, I did watch man of the arena and loved it. I I thought it was great seeing Tom Brady. You talk about quarterbacks needing a soul. They need to be good in the locker room. I, I can't, I can't get a read on if that guy has an actual soul or not, but he is so much fun to watch because now he can look back and be, Critical of himself, and the fact that that show is detailing the Super Bowls where he lost to—that yeah. says a lot about that guy. I, I, I think that's a stand-up job of not just highlighting your wins, but the crushing losses. We know how seriously he takes this stuff, so I I've, I really enjoyed watching those episodes in particular when they when they were Super Bowls so that they didn't end up winning, just because he's still just as forthright as he was when they did win it all. And look at but him now—the the man
3: is back now
0: in the arena. He loves the
2: drama. He loves the drama, so I, I think adding those losses in there creates a better story, an overall better narrative of the whole series, and that excites him even more
0: than possibly exposing himself. It's to, the redemption of it. Yeah, you know. It's yeah. it, it, it's the return of the Jedi angle of it, which is why I can at least hear the name Ray Allen and not immediately start to twitch and, and shudder. I still can't watch... That Miami Heat shot. If, if somebody's putting it on as a highlight, I I have to at least look the other way. I can't do that to myself. But the fact that we came back and so holy beat the crap out of the Heat the next year. That's my return to the Jedi story. That's that's the redemption I want.
2: I literally teared up this morning rewatching KG call him out at center court. Ray Allen comes out and Paul Pierce runs to meet them and they three embrace at center court when KG gets his jersey retired. Yeah. Beautiful moment. Yeah. It was like this is the, everything I've ever wanted for years. Uh, unbelievable. Go watch. Have you, I don't know if you've seen the four parter of the Mets on ESPN. I think it's one of the best I've seen ever. It's unbelievable. yeah about the
0: the, the eighty six Mets. Yeah, it's uh it was once upon a time in the Bronx or or, or, or in Queens or something like yeah, that. Yeah, I can't remember. That, yeah, something like that. It was so well done, and and that was like. Cause I mean, I, I was like five or six when that run was happening, but those players were like the first valuable sports cards. It was that era because like, I started collecting baseball cards in like maybe 1990, 91. And so if you got like a Daryl Strawberry from 86 or like a Keith Hernandez or a Doc Gooden, it was like a big deal. So I loved watching those players and hearing all those stories of just living the excess of the 1980s in New York city on a exciting baseball team. It's it just it's the stuff that a documentarian dreams of.
2: It was awesome. It's a great way to spend a
0: Friday. Um, Mark, Mark, well, Just one more, one more thing, yeah, man, yeah. because you've
1: mentioned you've mentioned Star Wars twice now.
0: Are you ex- <laughs> as tends you, to happen in conversation with me? Are yeah. you
1: incredibly excited about the Obi-Wan 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 Kenobi? Kenobi movie that's coming out, and the trailer just dropped?
0: Uh, the trailer it? dropped, and my jaw was on the floor. Was I was so awesome. excited because look, I, I'm the guy that I I do still get a little. Um, Nervous is the wrong word, maybe a little bit of anxiety, because I feel like that Star Wars has crammed so much into that one timeline that it, it like when you have Obi-Wan face Darth Vader in A New Hope and they have that conversation right before they start fighting about how, you know, when I when I last saw you, I was but the learner. Now I'm the master. I always took that to be the fight that they had on Mustafar in Revenge of the Sith. And so now realizing that they're going to face off again, potentially in this series, I get it. We all want to see Vader and Obi-Wan fight as much as possible, but I do wonder how that translates into this crazy old wizard that we meet when we first see Obi-Wan in A New Hope. So yeah. it, how, how am I going to be able to rectify these adventures that Obi-Wan's going on with that wackadoo that everybody just thinks is this crazy guy that lives beyond the Dune Sea? As long as they can give me enough time to let that still transpire, like when the Obi Wan series was announced, I was like, I want this show to be nothing but this guy sitting on the corner bar. I want him to be the norm of the Mos Eisley Cantina, just doing a crossword, complaining about youngsters. <laughs> That's all I want to see. But now <laughs> might get some Darth, some Darth Vader in there. You might get some other characters. I, I just I'm in. It's Is not, it's Hayden- not hard to sell me on Star Wars, and they managed to do it again. May 25th can't get here fast enough. Is Hayden Christensen on the
3: cast? Yeah.
0: Yes. There you go, baby. He's yes. in I, th-
1: I think you are in great hands with you. And as always, mm-hmm. I would watch you and McGregor play Tetris. Like I would yeah. watch him do that. And that's that's a little recall right there. Mark is the world's greatest Tetris player. Can we say Game that? Game Boy out? Division.
0: Allowed- uh, yeah. The world's greatest Tetris player. I'm also not half bad at movie trivia. So I'm gonna give you guys a trivia question right now about Jerry Buss, John C. Riley. Are you all ready? Let's do it. Very. All right. You either have to name the highest rated movie. On the tomato meter of John C. Riley, or the lowest rated, his highest movie is ninety-three percent. His lowest movie is ten percent. Can you name either one of those films?
2: Chicago and,
1: is and a it, great
0: Dewey. guess, but incorrect.
1: Oh, I was going to get Chicago too. That's a that's a fantastic. Guess.
0: Gangs of New York. Thanks, man. Gangs of New York is a great guess, but is incorrect.
1: Hmm. Is is the look up his IMDB. Is the worst one Dewey Cox.
0: Uh the worst one is not Dewey Cox. Oh, is it Sherlock? Um, I, is it
1: is it Holmes and Watson?
0: Holmes and Watson. That's the worst one. Is the answer. Yes, it is ten percent on the tomato meter. Walk hard the Dewey Cox story is fresh at 74%. It's just nobody went to go see it in theaters. And Chicago. It's it's not great as far as an Oscar winner goes in the tomato meter. It's, it's 86%, which is, which is more than respectable. So the guy's done a lot of great work, but uh, Boogie Nights is 93%. Oh, Boogie Nights, all time best. right. He's in there. That's a uh, good one.
2: That is a good yeah. one. Or a little dicky. Uh,
0: that's a really big cast, too. Yeah. yeah. It's, it's, he, there's a lot of really big things in that movie. He was also in a little <laughs> dicky. <laughs> I see what you're putting down, as you man. say, little dicky. This is just this is what happens when we all get together. The gift that keeps
2: on giving. Uh, Mark, before we let you rock and roll, who wins it all? Whole thing, shebang. Three, two, oh, man. one.
0: Okay, I'm gonna be rooting for Gonzaga. The the to, to win it all. I I'm gonna be rooting for them. I'm tired of the storyline. I want Mark Few to finally get it done. Um, as far as who's actually going to win? Oh my God, I th- I want to take Gonzaga, but I think. They're going to fall. I'm going to go crazy and I am going to say winning it all this year. They're just going to go in a legendary run. Tennessee Rick Barnes has taken it and he's just going to drive a dagger into the UT hearts of all. I'm sorry. I had to say that, but it's how I actually feel.
3: I've got it's Arizona.
0: Solid. Wow.
2: Nick. Yeah. We didn't hit you. We didn't hear what you, right? Nick, what's your final four?
0: Um, I've got Arizona
3: winning it all. Uh, beating Kansas and uh, Gonzaga beating UCLA. Mm. So that, that Zag's UCLA
0: years. game. If we get, it could be an all timer. Like it has been in the past.
2: Yeah. Yep. Again. Uh, and Alex, cause we didn't get yours. I, I gave, I think I'll give mine in to close that. And then we'll rock and roll. Cause Mark gave his at the top.
1: Yeah. Well, I'm going to roll with Mark. As I, as I mentioned, I'm big on the volunteers this year. I think it's a redemption story for Rick Barnes, the volunteers. They win it all. Kennedy Chandler, <laughs> Ziegler, I'm 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 all here. I'm I'm, I'm all here. Um, I think Iowa is going to make it in the bottom right region, and then I think Kentucky and Gonzaga. Yeah, what I for.
2: I have Kentucky beating Tennessee to win it all in a rematch. Oh, okay. Yeah, I I've been swayed by top. I, I put my money down on Villanova to win the whole thing but I think the winner of Villanova versus Tennessee takes out Arizona. I do think Arizona obviously gets the elite eight. I think they are a really good basketball team and I I hate, I hate Sean Miller. So I'm stoked that they're (laughs) going to so much. Um, I'm with Iowa. I'm Gonzaga, Kentucky, Iowa, and Tennessee with Kentucky beating Tennessee.
0: Okay, I I feel like we're all speaking a relatively the same language here. One more upset I'm going to highlight just because I'm I'm honking for the ACC. Besides the two teams that shall not be named, the two Voldemort's. I also think Miami could could make a run in this tournament if they get past USC. USC's uh, got a that, lot of talent, but Miami their average age is like thirty five. Like like they're super old, but man, can they <laughs> play together well? laronega has been on runs like this before. I really think the Miami Hurricanes, if they get past USC, could go deep.
3: I think uh, out of all of the upsets, I think this one's the biggest lock because I think USC is so overrated. They turn the ball over so much.
0: It's so weird to see them play basketball in general. It's just a weird look to see those uniforms on a basketball court instead of a football field. It's just weird. weird.
3: Mm. It's weird. Yeah,
2: I think Auburn. I think that Auburn Miami game is going to be good. I have them winning as well. Okay, that's a great one.
3: The only reason why USC is good is because they hired Mobley's dad and then they brought Mobley in and they brought his brother in. That's it.
1: If, if miraculously the U got all the way to the final four or the national championship, would that give another event this year that the rock has to do some sort of intro performance at?
2: He has to do, he has to rip I want him to rip his shirt off. I don't know why. I think just like not like with his hands though with like his muscles, like when the U makes it, that'd be epic.
0: If Miami wins the national championship, then I will let one of you drop a 40 pound kettlebell on my foot. At the gym. And
2: ladies and gentlemen, that is comedy right there. It's called a callback. Mark Ellis, love having you on, man. When he tours this summer, not to you know put it on him, but he said he's going to be coming back. Go see him. He's great. Uh, Mark, thank you so much for joining us. Where can
0: they find you, man? Uh, you can find me probably having adult beverages with you fellas on the patio of the comedy store sometime in the near future. Please. In the meantime, uh, the podcast is Rotten Tomatoes is Wrong wherever you enjoy your podcast. You can also check out my show Versus on Peacock and social media at Mark Ellis Live. Go Demon Deacons next Go year. Demon Deacons. And, and NIT. Yeah. And Huckam. <laughs>